Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. If there's one common thread, it might be that men perceive church as too feminine. We have to be aggressive in the world when it's appropriate. We are warriors. One, two, three. Warriors! You are a real man when you commit to study God's word and you commit to being conformed and transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. That's the biblical perspective on being a man. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. You are going to be so proud of me. The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Spanning the globe to bring you a lot of the stuff that I read that I thought was worthy of Christian consideration, but formatically it didn't fit into a theme. The good news is, which will make you so proud of me, I've ditched all of the LGBTQ trans stories. Instead, spanning the globe to bring you Christian stories that don't really go together. (laughs) I was honest, this is Wretched Radio. Jimmy, I threw away 10 or 12 stories. I read them. But I'm just I'm trying to fulfill my promise that we are going to try to screen some of them out unless they have an urgent interest for the Christian community, because we get the point, don't we? I mean, we, we know what's going on. There were stories from Ireland, a teacher getting arrested, sitting in jail over Christmas. Story after story that tells us if you speak out about the traditional view of gender roles, it's it's you're very bad. You're very very bad. I think we all get that. And so I trashed them all. Aren't you proud of me? Which actually raises a question. Jimmy, are you proud of your children? I am proud of my children. You're sinning. (laughs) Why? Oh, pride. Yeah, You got pride. Yeah. See, uh, I, I think that you can have sinful pride in being proud of your kids because i did an amazing job no wonder why they're incredible and they win ribbons which everybody wins these days i'm an amazing father okay that's sinful pride but if your kid does something really well and to say you know i'm proud of you i don't think it has to be a sinful element if you're not taking credit for it in a braggadocious braggadocio braggadociousnessness kind of way so jimmy why are you proud of your kids? I am proud of it's my... because your wife did a bang-up job. So you're still safe <laughs> okay. if it's not about you. Let's span the globe <laughs> and go to New York. Hey, isn't this indicative of our current contemporary culture's view of human life? This, is, this, this just tells you that the Christian worldview once influenced our culture when it came to burials and funerals. No mas. New York approves of composting human bodies. <laughs> All you are is fertilizer. You literally are worm. F- no, you're tree food. We got, I guess a, that would be a downgrade. Me, because a worm got a little pea brain, if I recall. I had to dissect one of those in 10th grade biology. Did you have to do that too? That smell, I, it lingers to this day in my nostrils of the formaldehyde business. I did a Jimmy, how did you do on the dissecting the worm? Because mine looked awful. We didn't dissect a worm. Frog? Frog and uh, uh, starfish. And starfish? Yeah. Which are so prevalent in Tennessee. (laughs) I understand. (laughs) There's there's this catalog. Why you would do that. (laughs) 
What would be the animal of Tennessee? The animal of Tennessee? Goats? <laughs> I wasn't being silly. That's funny, though, because my grandparents had tons of goats. See what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So I wasn't swinging in the dark here. Like you go, you go to Wyoming and Texas, cattle. That's what you think of. Tennessee, you think of? Goats. Goats. <laughs> <laughs> New York says it's okay for you to be put into a bag with wood chips, alfalfa, and straw grass to be gradually broken down under the action of microbes. And after a month or so and a heating process, you can be used as fertilizer for flowers, vegetables, and trees. What a downgrade of humanity. Got to tell you, that is just a sign of the times, isn't it? Please keep in mind how you go about the business of burial. I think there's liberty in the issue, but we need to remember that things speak. We say things through our rituals and our ceremonies. I don't think it's a sin for a person to get cremated, but I do think it tells a less biblical story. Burial, whether it's put into a box, they used to maybe put them directly into the ground, wrap them up at least, so there was a form of a cloth coffin anyway, because it said we value the body, we don't desecrate the body in any way, and there's hope of a resurrection. This body is going to rise again, and that is what a burial said. Cremation, it just doesn't say that. Is it a sin? No, you can't make a sin what is not identified as a sin in the Bible. Mm, there's liberty in these things, but we need to be aware it says something. Doing a funeral, it says something. How, how we treat the body, the coffin, the delivery. That's why money used to be spent on hearses. It said, this is a human being of value, and the body is important. Remember, we Christians, we're dualistic creatures. We're not, we're, not, we're not triads. We're not body, soul, and spirit. Soul and spirit, the same, same concept, the inner you, the what animates you. But you're not just that. You're also a body, and the body is important. You're going to have one for forever as you walk around the new heavens and the new earth. You are going to have a body. Let your funeral speak a better word. How you do that? It's up to you. Spanning the globe to Great Britain, King Charles. No, he's not the king yet, is he? Oh, he's, he's been, hasn't been coronet. He's, how does that work? Yeah. I, they haven't done the ceremony yet, but he's considered the king. Right. I think it was immediate transition. Okay. So it's, it's not like king-elect. <laughs> right. That new office that we created in, I think, 2008, if I'm not mistaken. King Charles, this is a story worth watching, whether you're a fan of Charles or not. The Church of England has been entwined into British government via the royalty. The monarchy was the head of the Church of England, still is. And Queen Elizabeth, she did play that role. And I believe, I think I've got this right, so I, I'm, and I don't think that there's any danger if I'm off on this. Sinclair Ferguson regularly met with the queen to do devotions. That's interesting. And it was his assessment. She had a genuine Christian faith. Her son, not so much. He wants to be the defender of faiths, not the faith. And that could be a sign of the times. I was reading a commentary on this, and the speculation was that if 
Prince Charles does not remain the head of the faith, the Church of England. That's like that's really the end of Christian England. Totally, thoroughly nail in the coffin. It's all done. Now, we know that that's been happening because the Church of England has been going wonky. I'm just tossing tossing this in as an aside and to keep you from being pride filled about me. I was just reading about a fellow who's an Anglican priest who's now a girl. <laughs> and they're not booting her. <laughs> okay, I said I wasn't going to talk about these stories, but this. <laughs> so the guy, no, the, <laughs> the guy who is now pretending to be a girl, his pronouns are plural. <laughs> they, them. So... <laughs> The article that I read, they respected the pronouns, unlike liberals who don't respect God's pronouns of he and him. (laughs) It said, they said, wait, they, who are they? Oh, it's the singular guy. They said, quote, my children, and he was talking about his, his plural children, they were surprised to learn this about their dad. Wait a second. That's a plural pronoun. You're a singular pronoun, and you're a they, but they they are a they, too, because there's more than one of them. It just decimates the English language, which, by the way, the Oxford Dictionary seems bent on doing, redefining what a man and woman is. Because, let's face it, it's a little complicated, isn't it? They've changed it. Not to, so not a man or woman. There's like what you were born with, your body parts and your DNA. That's basically what you identify as. That's the Oxford Dictionary. And if Prince Charles ends up being the defender of faiths instead of the faith, Ufta, he said this at his Christmas speech in the much-loved carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. We sing of how in the dark streets shineth the everlasting light. My mother's belief in the power of that light. Jesus was an essential part of her faith in God, but also her faith in people, and it is one which I share with my whole heart. It is a belief in the extraordinary ability of each person to touch with goodness and compassion the lives of others and to shine a light in the world around them. Okay, not exactly the gospel. This is the essence of our community and the very foundation of our society. Going on to say, quote, our churches, synagogues, mosques, temples, And Gurdwaras have once again united in feeding the hungry, providing love and support throughout the year. So he would be at best a social justice Christian, but he's also a pluralist and he doesn't believe in the exclusivity of Jesus Christ. Talking about solidarity between all of these groups, that that it doesn't matter what you are, you can still celebrate Christmas. Quote, whatever faith you have or whatever you have done, follow the light. Great Britain, Uh, this ain't looking so good. This is Wretched Radio. Just because Roe v. Wade is overturned, that does not mean the battle for life is over. Would you please consider supporting Preborn Ministries, providing ultrasounds that genuinely save lives. That ultrasound changed everything for me. It really did. That made it all worthwhile to know that I was going to have a little blessing. And when she got here, it was just, oh my gosh. (laughs) 
Another woman who chooses life because she saw an ultrasound. Her life, and obviously her baby's life, changed. When I had her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life would be without her. The war for life continues to rage. Would you please engage in the battle and support preborn centers at preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched. Thank you for joining us at Wretched Radio today. Did you know there is one simple, convenient location where we've compiled all things wretched? I'm talking about our full daily 60-minute radio programs, our full daily 30-minute TV episodes, information about our other productions like Road Trip to Truth and Transformed, and a store that contains a ton of amazing resources like Jesus Unmasked, the Drive-By series. It can all be found at wretched.org. And hey, while you're there, I would urge you to visit our donate page. There you'll find information on a lot of the questions you might have on becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner. Now, if you're already a Wretched Gospel Partner, you know we humbly thank you for your efforts in helping us reach millions with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're not already a Wretched Gospel Partner, talk to your spouse and then prayerfully consider partnering with us. Wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Cool, very cool. The Tomorrow Clubs now have 106 clubs in Romania. This year marks the celebration of the 25th anniversary of our ministry. But also, it is a very important milestone for Tomorrow Clubs Romania. Now, Tomorrow Clubs Romania has 106 clubs. That means 106 villages are hearing the gospel proclaimed to the kids who get saved. They bring the gospel home. Parents get saved and local churches get strengthened. Would you please consider supporting the Tomorrow Clubs? Not only do they have hundreds of clubs in Romania, Ukraine, Russia, Albania, all over Eastern Europe and now in Africa, would you please consider what might you do to bring the gospel to both Africa and to Eastern Europe? Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Know your church fathers. Ambrose was the Bishop of Milan in the 4th century and one of the four original doctors of the church. He defeated Arianism by appealing to scripture and using well-reasoned arguments. Ambrose reminds us that a faithful teacher is a blessing to generations of Christians. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. This is Wretched Radio Cannabis. Let's talk. That was my sound effect for smoking pot. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I think that's how it goes. <laughs> don't you? I don't know these things. Do you hold a pot cigarette? I think they're uh, called a joint. Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, you're you're holding your you hold it you sort of. Isn't it like a German's? No, the German soldiers back in the World War II movies, they put it in their mouth backwards, really? un, like underneath, as they would take a big hit off of their cigarette, which used to be esteemed by the medical community as something that was actually good for you. Trust the science. But pot, I think you you hold it this way right and then you you have to make that why do you have to make that sucking so oh you really want to get it into your lungs is that the deal i guess turns out a little study took place about cannabis fascinating this was one of those big studies according to a u.s national survey 
This what this this is 20 studies determining whether or not cannabis actually helps with pain relief because that is the camel's nose under the tent, isn't it? We need legalized cannabis in our state because people they they experience the medicinal effects of pot. The results don't seem to suggest that actually happens. According to a U.S. national survey, 17% of respondents who had reported using cannabis in the past year had been prescribed medical cannabis. Now, I share that because if I'm doing my math right, 83% aren't doing it under a doctor's care. That, that's, that's why we have professionals write out prescriptions and we keep these certain medicines, including Sudafed, which is just... Bo- what did I buy the other day at the Walgreens? And they said, can we see cough syrup? I bought cough syrup. Oh, yeah. You had to give your birth certificate. Base and blood draw. It was amazing <laughs> what you had to go through. What do you do with the Sudafed you make into crack? Meth. Oh, right. Yep. Same thing, isn't it? No. Oh, how do you smoke it? <laughs> I, I, I'm really not sure, but I know it has battery acid in it. it. It's got all kinds of garbage inside of it. What are you making from cough syrup? It's the diotryptophan or something. You know what gets me about this? It's my favorite show on TV. This is the best TV show in the world. Can't think of the name. of Smuggled, I think, or Smuggler, something like that. And it's typically in Colombia or in Rome at the airport. It's the police that try to arrest people for smuggling in drugs. I don't know why I find it so fascinating. It's like a little mini crime drug. It's a little CSI. They, they catch the guy or the gal. They bring them in. They lie like nobody's business. And then they will find cocaine. The, the one that I just saw, the cocaine was actually put into plastic, which was put into the bottom of a suitcase. So if they went into the suitcase, they go through the lining because that's typically where a lot of cocaine gets stashed. Trust me, I know these things now because I watch Smuggled. And the the cocaine was actually mixed into the plastic. Then the plastic had to be melted down and you get about 85% of the cocaine. Sometimes cocaine is fashioned into toys. It's, It's put into bicycles, into dolls, the most sophisticated efforts to try to smuggle in an illegal drug. And I always think, why don't you apply those skills to, you know, being productive? That's a lot of work. Putting the cocaine into the plastic suitcase. Why don't you put your efforts towards something else? Nevertheless, marijuana, it appears, not being prescribed by doctors. It's just being consumed. When it comes to self-medication, the numbers are high, with estimates that range between 17 to 30 percent of adults in North America reporting they use it to manage pain. So this is a big deal. People are claiming I self-medicate because of pain. Our study, published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, suggests cannabis is no better at relieving pain than a placebo. That's interesting, isn't it? 20 studies involving 1,500 people, it's a meta-analysis, showed that pain was rated as being significantly less intense after treatment with a placebo. Whoa. Our team also observed no significant difference between cannabis and a placebo for reducing pain. The corroborates the this corroborates, sorry, the result of a 2021 meta-analysis which found 
a higher quality study with better blinding procedures. That's where both of the whether you're taking a placebo or the real thing, they're unaware of who's getting what the people who are giving it. They don't even know who's getting it. They had higher placebo responses. In other words, um, before you perhaps partake of the pot for the sake of pain, not under a doctor's care, um, you should know that it could be a placebo. Now, people claim that it works for them, Jimmy. You know those people, I suspect. (laughs) Uh, Well, you've met some of those folks. Yeah, Yeah. It actually works. They'll talk about, I have fibromyalgia, but I smoke pot. Right. And it goes away. I'm just sharing what the study said. I think we're up to about 20 states now that have lost their minds. Well, every state has lost their mind, but 20 of them, which actually legalized marijuana. And I just saw, of course, it's Oregon. They want to legal. They are legalizing. It's going to start later in 2023 and into 2024. Psychedelics. (laughs) Oh, man. And And the politician who's pushing it through said, Well, it really, why would we keep these illegal when it helps people deal with depression, trauma, and get ready for this, addictions. (laughs) Our world has lost its mind. And if you're not persuaded of that, the U.S. government is now linking Alzheimer's to racism. All righty then. Maybe you saw the Newsweek article that said exercise is also Racist. Why? Anything, presumably, that was invented by white people in Western civilization is innately racist, including exercise. A lot of work to get there. You you got to work hard. You've got to be one of those theologians that comes up with, oh, that's an interesting way of seeing it. It takes them about 70 minutes to make the case. And they try to build a flimsy supposition and then say, okay, so now that we know that's true. Oh, boy. And then they launch into another wonky one. If somebody can't state their position in a sentence, be dubious. That's all that I'm saying, because you should be able to articulate a position very succinctly if it is a biblical position. If somebody needs an hour or a sermon series to lay it out, um, chances are pretty good. You should be skeptical, really skeptical. So now. Exercise is racist. Well, Henry Ford was a white guy, so I guess we got to get rid of cars. I guess the greenies would like that, wouldn't they? We got it. What? What? Oh, electricity. You know that Edison, white guy. Got to get rid of every. It's the total deconstruction of Western civilization, and this contributes to it. The story from well, this is Fox News. Married couples living apart together. Well, you see, you either live apart or you live together, but you can't live apart together. You can't be black and white. You can't be hot and cold. You're, you can be warm, but you can't be hot. You can't be cold simultaneously. Married couples living apart together. The trend primarily driven. Now, this, this is going to ring a bell, especially if you read the Carl Truman Strange New World If you read Nancy Piercy's Total Truth, this will not come as a shock to you, nor will it be a shock as we observe that everybody's in this for themselves. Everybody is doing what they want to do to make themselves happy, and it doesn't matter if it's moral. As long as it makes me happy, then I'm going to do it. That's the motivation. New York Times claimed the trend was primarily driven by women seeking independence 
and personal space to have time for their own interests and self-fulfillment. There's your autonomous self right there. Four million married Americans live alone by choice. That's not including military folks. Four mil- that's, that's, that's two million couples. Brides Magazine praised the idea as more romantic. Here it is. I only see the woman on weekends. More romantic. What? I, huh? Bride Magazine said it's more romantic than living together and the secret to a long and happy and healthy marriage for some couples. I, I've, I, I've heard this before. Some people have said that if you want to stay married, have separate bathrooms. Okay, your choice on that. I, I, I can get that. Um, separate apartments, separate homes, separate zip codes. That isn't even marriage. We live with our wives in an understanding way, but we live, you know, together. The Guardian columnist, Emma Brock, suggested the situation could be a win-win for both parties. New York Times The acceptance of non-traditional and same-sex relationships also makes this unusual model more socially acceptable. Cool. A new trend in marriage that is taking the institution, which is the glue that holds a society together, redefining it, flipping it on its head, deconstructing it, and frankly, every institution and invention around you, including exercise and medicine. And reading and writing, all of it. (laughs) What's our response? The world has lost their mind. How do they get a sound mind? It's not through logic and reason. It's through regeneration. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, the FDA has updated its guidelines on murder pill access. And now retail pharmacies, like the ones you find on the corner, they'll soon be able to carry the murder drugs once they meet the tough, tough, tough qualification of completing an agreement form. Yeah, probably wouldn't have used the term qualifications. Compass Care, which is a network of pro-life pregnancy centers in upstate New York, announced earlier this week that it would be partnering with the Thomas More Society, which is a law firm dedicated to religious liberty, and together they would be hiring private investigators to search for the perpetrators of pro-abortion violence. Like the firebombing of the pro-life pregnancy centers that took place earlier this year that have coincidentally never been solved. A new study conducted by LifeWay surprise surprise has found that most protestant churchgoers in the u.s spend time alone with god on a daily basis but most of them talk to god through prayer rather than listening to him through his word according to the study 65 percent of protestant churchgoers intentionally spend time alone with god at least daily with 44 percent saying daily and 21 percent saying more than once a day Meanwhile, 17% of churchgoers say they're alone with God several times a week, and 7% say just once per week. But here's the most baffling statistic from this study. 83% say they are more likely to talk to God through prayer rather than reading from the Bible. Most churchgoers say that they pray their own words, thank God, praise God, and confess their sins to God. But apparently, they're not too interested in what he's got to say back to them, which they'll only get through reading his word. 
Mel Gibson soon will begin filming the much-anticipated sequel to his 2004 blockbuster, Passion of the Christ, later this year. The focus of the sequel will be on the resurrection, and Jim Caviezel is being eyed to return in the role of Jesus. And now, from news you really don't care about, but I'm going to tell you anyway, the Satanic Temple announced that it will be hosting its convention, SatanCon, in April. The conference is being described as the largest satanic gathering in history. Oh, and the best part, if you're planning to attend, which I would be willing to bet the majority, if not all of you, are not planning to attend. But if you are, you've got to be over 18, have proof of your COVID vaccination, and you've got to wear an N95 or disposable surgical mask during the entire conference. Because, you know, Satan worshipers, they get COVID too. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible Exodus is a story of God saving His people from oppression and giving them an identity and an inheritance. God gives Moses the Ten Commandments, which begin with the statement, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Good deeds have always been a response to God's saving work, not a means of earning salvation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. If you're looking for wisdom, you haven't come to the right place. This is Wretched Radio, the New York Times, sharing wisdom gleaned from really smart people with degrees and from their reading audience, the words that they deemed fit to print. Words to the wise. This was an end of the year New York Times article trying to show how you can live a wiser life. If you want to do that, you better read the Proverbs because these are this is this is the worldly wisdom that we are warned about. And and, and it, not only are we warned about it because it it's anti-God, but it's so banal or banal it is so void of anything helpful this is what the new york times now this is the premier newspaper in our country now you could argue some other ones but i think the new york times they are the granddaddy and their slogan all the news that's fit to print including words to the wise here we go in your closet and your life subtract whenever you add Oh, that's really good. From the 10% Happier podcast, stop and recognize happy moments when you're in the middle of them. Literally stop and say out loud, this is a happy time. Might not want to do that in public because we used to be concerned about people who would mutter inanities in front of other people. Probably not anymore. The best advice I received this year was to stretch my calves regularly. It cured my mild knee pain. I'm glad the New York Times put that in there. Oof-da. <sighs> Parent the child you have. Well, yeah. That's not what they mean, though. What, what's your kid? Go with it, Mom and Dad. Just, are they, are they kind of wild? Then let them be wild. Are they criminal? Let them be criminal. Do they think they're another gender? Gotta let them think that. Parent the child you have. As a parent of a child with special needs, this is my mantra. All right. Now, I think that there's some 
consideration for that, but this is expanded way beyond that. This is also true of any child, writes the wise advice distributor. Stop trying to make your child quieter, louder, more outgoing, more interested in things that you like or the siblings like and appreciate the unique and individual small person you've been given. Is there any truth in that? Yeah, there is. Of course there is. I think this is really important for homeschoolers. Kids learn differently. Some can sit, others squiggle. To duct tape them to a chair, it's sometimes wise to find another teaching method to help them learn the way that they're actually able to. I think trying not to conform your kids into one basic version of yourself, of course you should celebrate those differences, but that's not what they're after here. Let your kid be anything they want. Just go with it. Here's some more. This, now, Jimmy, this might be the best advice so far. What is it? Dance often. Host parties. Host dance parties. Sure. Okay. Dance often. Host parties. Okay. Good thing I read the New York Times this morning. The best marriage advice. Binge shows and movies in separate rooms. Oh. This is, this is like being living together apart is what that is. When the wrench is on the nut, tighten it. In other words, if you're already touching a piece of mail, deal with it. If you see a thing you'll need soon, buy it now. If an uncomfortable conversation comes up, have it sooner than later. Oh, so when the wrench is on the nut, you tighten it. Thank you, New York Times. This is a reminder. Worldly wisdom. They've got nothing. Boy, didn't we see that at the tragedy of that young man who had a heart attack in the football game? We happen to have that game on. I believe that I was probably reading the New York Times. But this story captured the attention of everybody. And I've never heard so much talk about praying on national television. In fact, was it on ESPN? ESPN. One, one fellow, he just said, I'm going to pray right now. And the other two people bowed their heads, closed their eyes. It wasn't an altar call. And he actually prayed. And the people who were the sportscasters, this, they were silenced. They would come back to the game to see what was happening. We just don't have anything to say. We're going to go to a break. They, they just have nothing to contribute. Now, there could have been some Christians and they couldn't give biblical wisdom or an explanation or talk about providence or sovereignty. I, I, I get that. But overall, it just showed they, they just they don't have anything to say because they don't have the mind of Christ. They don't have wisdom. They maybe know a lot of statistics. But they don't possess wisdom, and neither does the New York Times. Jimmy, you ready for some more? I am. No, you're not. <laughs> the best way to make a decision, does it light me up? Okay. That's, that's the type of thing that will, you know, land you in jail. I like to remind myself that my track record for getting through bad days is 100%, and that's pretty good. No reliance on God. Just trite nothings. Here's this is this is this is maybe the best. And when I say best, I actually mean worst because words these days tend to have the opposite meaning. Put 10 pennies in your left pocket. Find something for which you are grateful. Move one penny to your right pocket. You should find all pennies have moved to the right pocket at the end of the day. 
celebrate. Okay. Thank you, New York Times. Thank you. I, I wanted I wanted to know the, the wisdom of the world. Here's some more of it. DEI in the ER. This is from the American Mind. In September, a UPenn medical school professor warned Americans that anti-racism policies have lowered admission and teaching standards, corrupting the world of medicine. Uh-oh, CRT. Another worldly ideology. It's going to affect your health care. Instead of focusing on recruiting the best and the brightest, this prof argued that an increasing number of medical schools are more interested in picking students based on skin color. You know, the very thing that Martin Luther King Jr. said we're supposed to be doing. The push to make medical schools go woke is also creating a dangerous environment for professors. Huh? It has become common for students at top medical schools to berate tenured professors, forbidding them from using inoffensive, entirely logical terms like pregnant woman <laughs> and breastfeeding. Oh, thought, thought experiment. When, as the people policing language today, they could be our doctor tomorrow. It really isn't funny. Worldly ideologies are dangerous. But what was what was the one from the New York Times? Make it if your decision lights you up, go for it. Um, Charles Manson got lit up by some of his decisions. Yikes! Seventy-two percent of top-ranked medical schools have injected woke ideology into their programs, which makes it dangerous. Do you remember it was the University of Minnesota where the incoming students for the med program? They had to, they had to give some woke oath. I'm sorry for being white. I medicine is terrible, huh? And I promise to not be racist or something like that. What? Minnesota science teacher. Way to go, my home state. Minnesota science teacher claims cell biology lessons are a part of you won't even guess capitalist indoctrination. That's right. Cell biology is now somehow affected by a political system. A teacher at Highland Park Middle School. I know where that school is. Highland Park. If I'll tell you, the liberals, they know how to live well. Highland Park is very liberal. It happens to, it's one of those few neighborhoods where you can legitimately say this, this neighborhood is lived in by a lot of these types of people. It's very Roman Catholic, it's very Jewish, and it's very liberal. It's right by McAllister College. Uh, Hamlin is down the street, and I think some professor just got in trouble for showing a painting of Muhammad at Hamlin University because it could be offensive to Islamic people. And I say, well, okay, um, if that's offensive, then give a warning. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't discuss those paintings. Nevertheless, a teacher at Highland Park Middle School said, lately there's been a lot of conversation about teachers indoctrinating students to their beliefs. And I find this funny because our children are seeped in capitalist indoctrination from like the second they're born. The perfect example of capitalist indoctrination, seventh grade science class is the year you learn that mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. So at the end of the unit, I have students take a test, and one of the questions is, a person says the nucleus is the most important organelle in the cell. 
you agree or disagree. And every child says, yeah, I agree. But that's wrong. Because cell biology was created in total chaos. And so their thinking otherwise is capitalist indoctrination. What do these people need? The mind of Christ, because without it, this is what you get. This is Wretched Radio. For your consideration, not one but two ways that you could strengthen the local global church, the Masters Academy International, training men in Los Angeles who then return to their home countries and open up mini seminaries to train pastors in their native land. That strengthens the local church. But there's another way you can do just that. We are partnering with the Masters Academy International to send Bibles to the Philippines. Not just any Bible, MacArthur Study Bibles to believers in TMAI-trained churches. These efforts strengthen the local church. Would you please consider how many Bibles you might send? How many seminaries you might support overseas? To learn more, visit wretched.org pastor, or if you like the Bible sending idea, wretched.org Bible. I could spend the next 60 seconds telling you things like Wretched Radio airs on over 820 Christian radio stations, or Wretched TV appears on 125 Christian TV stations. I could tell you that the Wretched Radio podcast has had nearly 5 million downloads in the last year, or the Wretched YouTube channel has had nearly 125 million all-time views. But I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to say thank you. Thank you for your continued support that has helped us reach millions of people all all over the world with the gospel. Wretched Radio and TV, Road Trip to Truth, and our newest production, Transformed, are all possible because of the support of our gospel partners. If you're not a gospel partner, would you please prayerfully consider becoming one? We rely on your kindness and your generosity and your ongoing prayers. Visit wretched.org donate to get all of the details. That's wretched.org donate, or you can text the word wretched to the number 44321. So there you are on your Googler machine trying to find a restaurant. What do you look for? Ratings and reviews. If it gets lots of stars, positive reviews, chances are pretty good you're going to go there. Question, would you be inclined to go to a restaurant that had a 98% approval rating and rave reviews? I suspect you would. MetaShare, Affordable Biblical Health Sharing, has a 98% approval rating. 400,000 members strong, sharing one another's healthcare bills, saving billions of dollars over the years, saving families on average $500 a month. And 98% of the members of MediShare give it a hearty thumbs up. I encourage you to call them and see if MediShare is right for you and your family. 1-844-34-BIBLE. 1-844-34-BIBLE for MediShare. Attributes of God The Bible tells us of God's goodness. God does not measure up to an external standard of goodness. He is the standard. Because everything God does is by definition good, we can trust that God will do what is right in every situation. 
This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. New church news. This is Wretched Radio. church news here on wretched radio uh, shall we i'm sneaking this one in because i think it might be helpful i grant you it's not exactly a church news story but it's a story out of a church so therefore it qualifies for a church news story i think it was before christmas our pastor was preaching on first peter that's the book that we are going through which by the way i encourage you to read regularly and and ponderously because it is the book that I believe is the most needed book in the New Testament for us to figure out how now we shall live in these times where our government is becoming increasingly hostile toward Christians. You see the stories all over the place, people in power talking about Christianity. We are, we are the insane people. We're, we're living in an alternative reality are some of the comments that I've heard lately. And, and, and worse, pejoratives than that. As the attitude of the world grows colder and colder and hotter against Christianity and Christians, First Peter is going to be needed. And there are voices now that are chirping up, trying to tell you this is how you're supposed to live. I think First Peter is the book that tells us how we live in a culture that is aiming and careening toward Christian persecution. But 1 Peter 1, it was in verse 3. This is for you if you happen to be one who isn't sure at the moment you're saved because you don't feel the same way you did when you got saved. That is, I wouldn't even say that is a regular phenomenon. That is normative. And, and 1 Peter 3, I think, makes that very case that when you get saved, you have joy, but then you live life. Stuff gets hard, but then it says you have a lot of joy. You have tons of joy. Here's the words from First uh, Peter 1 and verse 3. It goes a little something like this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. By the way, this is the preamble to establish you to respond to persecution, wicked men, wicked bosses, wicked spouses. You got to remember this. This is what God has done for you. When you got saved, all of this happens. Who are kept. In other words, once you get saved, you're always saved. Who are kept of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Incidentally, if you've ever wondered, could I possibly sin in heaven and get booted? No. You're kept by God. He doesn't fail. He doesn't stumble. He doesn't blink. Verse 6. In this, so what you just heard when you got saved, all this stuff happened for you. In this, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials that the genuineness of your faith, 
being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So Peter, the context of his persecution, is saying, you got saved. Whoa, you greatly rejoice. But then life gets hard or you get busy. You get distracted. You, you find yourself not having the same sort of emotions. Please note what's happening as you endure, even if in that season, it's not like, whoop-de-doo, I've been saved with a gift that is imperishable, kept by God. Don't panic about that because it's showing that you are saved. Your persevering reveals the true state of your faith. Even if you're going, oh, I, I don't even know that I'm saved at this moment. Are you persevering? You still love Jesus? Yeah, but I, I don't feel that as much as I used to. That's, that's what you're now going to hear. So you rejoice greatly in this, but then you go through trials. It's proving, it's testing your faith. Though now you do not see him yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So it appears that Peter, I think it's fair to say, he's talking about you, you, you greatly rejoice. Like, wow, I got saved. And then life gets complicated, hard, difficult, stressful, and I'm not feeling it or just time goes by and I'm not feeling it the same way. But because you continue to persevere, you're reading your Bible, but I don't read it with the same enthusiasm or focus. You still read your Bible. It's showing you that you are saved. And that then reveals to you, you really are a child of God. And then you rejoice with exceeding joy. I think in the Greek, it's it's one of those with joy, exceeding joy, you joyfully rejoice. It's just bang, bang, bang. So in other words, you have even greater joy. And might I suggest it's a different joy. Just like when you got married, it was that giddy, trippy, whoa. I'm just, oh, oh this woman, I just so excited about this. It's so great. And hey, where did that feeling go? It got replaced because we've persevered for 32 years. And now it's been replaced with something deeper and more profound. And that's what Peter is describing in your walk of faith. You get saved, you're happy. You go through trials, but you persevere. You're going to come out more joyful with a more profound joy. So don't let the current temperature of your soul pause you to think, I'm out of the game. Are you persevering? Do you, do you continue to go to church? But I, I'm not excited about it anymore. That's exactly his point. Persevere. You will get to the point where it's like, you know what? <laughs> He's taken me through. I wasn't enthusiastic, and yet he caused me to persevere. I really am a Christian. Whoa. So you maybe don't have the whoop-de-doo, the buzz. You have something more profound. Perseverance will teach you that you are indeed a member of the family of God adopted into his family, and he doesn't cancel the paperwork. That's the church story, Jimmy. Really? It wasn't, technically. <laughs> it came out of a church. Okay. But I just know that there are so many people who struggle with that. All right, here's an actual church story. If you're going to be that way from NPR, as attendance dips, churches change to stay relevant for a new wave of worshipers. Oh, boy. American Christianity is in the midst of an identity crisis. No, we're not. The culture is having an identity crisis. The church stays the course. That's how we do it. We don't woo, woo, woo. 
queue with society. We're, we're the stable ones. We're the fixed ones. <laughs> it's the world that has an identity crisis. Attendance is in steep decline. Apparently, we haven't returned to levels of pre-COVID. I think we're running at about 85%. I think the churches that navigated their way through that biblically, wisely, and even sometimes courageously, they're growing. At any rate, attendance is in steep decline, especially among millennials and Gen Z that says traditional church doesn't speak to their realities. Yes, it does. Your reality needs to get in alignment with church. In response, religious leaders are scrambling to experiment with new ways to offer meaning in people's lives. (sighs) People just don't think church is relevant, so we're going to make it relevant. We don't think that God is relevant, so we're going to make it relevant. Really? And we're going to adjust the way that we do things because our culture is going absolutely bonkers and increasingly hostile? I understand we're wise as serpents, we're gentle as doves. There can be some stuff that we can be mindful of, but we stay the course. We preach the word two times in season, out of season, not when it's popular, not when it's not popular. We preach it all the time. We let God regulate our services, not culture. Church news. This is exciting. The Ark Encounter. This is from Yahoo. The Ark Encounter site in Kentucky is bigger than Disneyland and still growing. And it's certainly more sound than Disneyland. It's been 15 years since they opened the Creation Museum, six years since they opened the Ark. By 2024, expecting the next big attraction, the largest indoor model of Christ-era Jerusalem in the world. After that, a model of the Tower of Babel, complete with an amusement park-style ride. Way to go, Ken and the gang. Lots of great people at that organization. Bigger than Disneyland. Hey, a lot of Christians digging the Jordan Peterson Bible study. Two words. This is my two-word review of the Jordan Peterson Bible study. Word salad. if, If you want the Bible interpreted through Carl Jung, you just watch the Jordan Peterson Bible study on Exodus. If you want a fresh new perspective on Exodus, which means it's almost certainly not accurate, (laughs) because I believe it's Peter who says, look out for new stuff. This is all like new. Oh, and oh, that. Oh, so that's what it was about. Oh, nope. Exodus is pretty straightforward. It is a picture of the gospel. God rescuing his people, taking them into the promised land, delivering them from bondage. In other words, Exodus is a picture of Jesus, not Carl Jung. Until tomorrow, go serve your king.